Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Martin Weiss. All right, welcome to the Extra Points Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you on a Wednesday with spaghetti and meatballs. They're fiddling with the knobs. Well, babyface Joel Solomon. What is it, Solomon? No, it's Solomon. He's produced in this mess. And joining me as always, my co-host, Dear pals, Dave Damashek and Martin Weiss, what is going on, fellas? I'm transferring to Jackson State. Is that it? You're out? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. You know, Dave, I read a whole article this morning about, what's his name? Tyler, Tyler, whatever the guy is, the guy who transferred to Jackson State. Mm -hmm. It didn't list his position once. The whole Uh, article. 24-7 sports. Positions. Interesting. That's what I wanted to know. I was like, what does he play? Martin, I, I, your, uh, football, your, I assume. Your voice sounds a little upside down. We had the big uh, Christmas party. It wasn't our Christmas party. That uh, comes on Saturday at SoFi. That's going to be fun. But uh, we did have a uh, – we share office space. And Martin, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, did he get around in these things. I mean, these are people <laughs> we don't know, right? <laughs> he walks around. He plays. You, you got to see it, Shaq. You got to see what he does. How he turns it on. How would you describe your um, your mission in these things? So I'm a man of the people. That's really what it boils down to. You he's, know, the I, Pete, I, he's the Pete Davidson of El Segundo, right? Is that I basically think he kind of is. I think he kind of is. <laughs> I'm a man of the people, Sal. You know, I got. I just got to make sure I, you know, make sure I get everybody a little bit of what they're looking for, especially at a holiday party such as that. That's especially right. female sure everybody. People. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you specialize in the, in the female people, getting to know them well. Yeah, Margarita's here, Quesadilla is here, he's talking. Oh, my God, what a scene it was. Uh, speaking of Pete Davidson, he is front and center for the big uh, record-breaking shot right there. Um, yeah, Steph Curry, best ever. I don't know. I don't know why we have to talk about it. He broke the record all-time, three-pointers. And, and, and Pete Davidson's right there. He wears a nice, flashy pink shirt. He's got hair like no one else, and so he's going to be seen. And so now he's dating Steph Curry. I don't know how this works, but um, what about that? Beating it at Madison Square Garden, another dagger for the Knicks. Just sucks for them, and they're on the losing side of the game, too. Well, yeah, I, I mean, was, I, 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 feel, I feel like, um, you know, th- that it's in Madison Square Garden breaks right for, for pro mm-hmm. basketball. It's weird how often – these things feel like at least they happen in an MSG, right? Isn't that uh, does does uh, that the, an outsized percentage of record-breaking things or Not iconic performances yeah. happen in uh, what do they call it? The most famous arena, the in Mecca. The world? Yeah, the Mecca. Gorilla Monsoon used to call it the Mecca, and um, and Pete Davidson being there for that only solidifies that. You're right. Would yeah. it still be the Mecca if they changed the name from Madison Square Garden to Madison Square Crypto Arena? Would it still be? Oh, yeah. Would it still have the the, the allure? Because I because I was in Staples not too yeah. long ago, Sal, with you. Right. We talked to you a little bit beforehand, and you the amount of people that were upset with me for using the crypto.com Instagram filter. Yeah, I did oh the my same goodness thing. gracious! Yeah, who cares? You would have thought I was. You would have thought it was. Uh, you would have thought I offended somebody. Yeah, I thought you offended somebody. Um, yeah, I we look at it. Uh, what what record breaking? I mean, it would have been cool to be there. I could think of about fifty other record breaking performances I would rather have attended. Check. Have you thought about this, past or present? If you could be there for a milestone record being broken, which would you choose? Well, eventually, you know, people always say every record is unbreakable and only, I think, Cy Young's 500 career wins is something that's unbreakable. They're probably most records are within reach. I don't know. A lot of those pitching, a lot of those strikeouts and a lot of those longevity. But if you look at those, but yeah, 511 is not is not going to be broken. But it also feels like Jerry Rice's career numbers are never going to be touched. Mm -hmm. And maybe Gretzky's won't be. Well, his goal scoring is going to get caught. Ovechkin, that's that one felt untouchable. And Ovechkin's probably going to catch him. I wouldn't care to be there personally um, to, to celebrate either guy eight or ninety nine. But um 
I guess I would like like to be there at some point. An NFL team's going to run the table and go undefeated and complete the feat. And um, I'd like to be maybe not even in attendance. I'd like to be with the uh, 72 Dolphins. And upon completion of the <laughs> undefeated season, I suspect that uh, Larry Zonka, kind of like the Wicked Witch, just turns into dust and uh, and and falls oh, to the wow. ground. And the only thing that's left is his mustache. Nice. So you'd rather be you'd rather be with that. Although they might be 108 years old by the time that thing is broken. I know. I'd feel so. mean spirited laughing at their geriatric yeah. bones. So mean. Well, I'm gonna go pass. Those. Oh, go ahead. You go ahead. I was about to I was just say those are the guys that are always popping the champagne. Damashek, right. you know, you you would be the one guy there not for the champagne party they have every year, according to Chris Berman. So I don't know. Right. How, that's kind of weird. <laughs> you would think that you would want to go to the champagne yeah. party. <laughs> no, he's with wah, wah. There's Shaq saying what could have been. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, not my favorite team. Not my favorite player. Although I'm, uh, I, I, I'm in awe of him. Hank Aaron when he broke Babe Ruth's record, seven fifteen. I think it was the first game of the season in '74. Was it? It was in Atlanta against the Dodgers. And I would only want to be there. Well, first of all, it's great. And we, we know, you know, we've seen highlights of it a million times. But also, I would have run on the field because now we know it was okay to run on the field and actually round the bases with him. Um, even though he was getting death threats um, from white people at the time, he really literally took it in stride and like smiled all the way around the bases where, while all these hippies hung on his um it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Like we've talked about before, Sal, these two guys, you know, 20 something kind of looking guys run out onto the field and given all the yeah. threats and everything, the way he just kind of like regards them as they run up alongside of him. I'm surprised that he didn't, you know, take off for the dugout to hide or that cops didn't jump out there. If you did that in the 21st century, that's exactly what would happen. You get tackled before you got to the guy. But yeah, Craig Sager, the late great Craig Sager was out on that field uh, on that night. That's a great call. Yeah. I mean, I would, I, if I would, I would have had brass knuckles in my uniform somewhere for anticipation of <laughs> yes. that because it was really crazy uh, uh, leading up to it. Martin, do you have one that you'd want to be there for the record? I don't, I was saying, I record that I don't think it'll ever be broken. It would be mm -hmm. amazing to see. Maybe Shaq's MVP candidate, Jonathan Taylor, might do it one day. But all-time rushing record, Emmitt Smith, 18,000 yards. Yeah. No one's ever running for 18,000 yards to get in a career. It's not, like, the closest is AP with 14,000. And every time he gets signed by a team, I'm like, bro, bro, why aren't you going playing golf somewhere? Like, oh, for like, a career, yeah. Yeah, for a career. 18,000 yards thing, in a career, though, that's never happened. How long would they stop the game for that, though? Not very long, probably. This home run, like I said, I could round the bases with uh, with Henry Aaron, and I don't know. You, you kind of want to be there. Maybe like a Super Bowl winning thing if, if you won seven Super Bowls. I don't know. We'll give it more thought. The greatest of all, well, of course, is an estate, as you know, Sal. Uh, I love uh, talking about that. Emmett breaking that record in Texas Stadium against yeah. the Seahawks drives me crazy because the Seahawks now for eternity show up in the video of Emmett breaking the record and the, and the Seahawks are wearing that seafoam uniform that right. head to toe ugly right. blue green get up which is yeah. hideous and now Steph Curry I don't know if it's marred or not but he's wearing that throwback uh, mm -hmm. of the Warriors I don't love that decision either so that, yeah. that that's what's going to stick in my head Babyface jump you have some thoughts here which record you'd want to be in attendance for I mean, I, I figured we'd all have the same answer. You know, most uh, strikeouts by one pitcher in a game, Kerry Wood did 20, Scherzer did 20, because it's history, but also, you, you know, you're out of there quickly. It's a, probably a pretty <laughs> quick baseball game. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That is an amazing point. I, much wa I once watched Rick Porcello throw, like, a two-hour and 30-minute baseball game because he, like, it, he, that's I think fun. he pitched the first eight innings. It was amazing. Well, we had then no I idea guess, what to do to fill the I time. I guess we'd pick like the, the radio fastest station. Kentucky Derby time then too. If you really just if the goal is just to leave, right? But all right, I like your it. answer there, Sal, about uh, Hammer and Hank. But maybe Don Larson. That's not properly a record, I guess. But being there to see a perfect game perfect in the World game. Series would yeah. be pretty cool. That's you know, great. right to be there to see. You know, Bill Mazeroski win the World Series on a home mm -hmm. run in game seven and extra innings. Those, I, I guess those would be the things I chose. I was actually down the street on a rainy day in the north side of Chicago um, when Kerry Wood pitched that gem. And uh, what was the guy's name? Kevin. I can't think of the third baseman. It would have been a perfect game had uh, had the mm. third baseman. 
what was that guy's name? Oh, Kevin cares? James. It was Kevin James. He was playing um, a part. It, he who was, was he playing? Sean Payton was supposed <laughs> to be in there, but he got Wally What the hell? What by, the hell was that? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that was, I could hear the cheers throughout that day down yeah. the street, and I was watching it on TV. It was kind of surreal. But Kevin, what was that guy's name? It's making me crazy. Ori. Kevin Ory. Ori. Kevin Ory. Did you just look that up? I did. Yeah, I should have lied. I didn't just know it. Come on. Yeah. I didn't just lie. Kevin know. Ory. No, had an air at third base, or otherwise it would have been a perfect game. It would have been unquestionably right. the greatest pitch game in the history of baseball. Right. Well, um, so back to Steph for a second. Uh, I'm just going by what I see. I, I thought Reggie Miller was the greatest shooter. Steph didn't surpass him in my eyes last night. He surpassed him a couple of years ago. I think Steph's the greatest shooter. Greatest player? I don't know. I don't really care about it. I will say this. I feel like he's changed the game. I feel like he's pl- changed the way young players approach the game. Um, maybe not for the better, but the, it's a, incredible the way he could shoot off a dribble. I mean, that has not been done before. And I don't know. I, I, we can compare him to Jordan. You can do whatever you want. But this guy... This, he, you remember like Letterman, like, well, who's the better late night host? You'd say like 25 years ago, like, wait a minute. Letterman invented a sense of humor, right? Like this is, right. he kind of, Steph like invented this way of playing, right? And I just feel like for better or worse, um, young kids are coming up playing, unless you're built like LeBron, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to mimic LeBron style because he's just, um, he's kind of like, you've not seen an athlete like that before uh, build wise, but everyone thinks they could be Steph Curry. Am I saying this, Martin, right? You know what I'm saying? Yes, you absolutely are. Because you see Steph Curry, even though he is 6'4". Yeah. Like, you, don't, you don't see that he's 6'4". When they showed him next to Miles Garrett yesterday. He was as tall, maybe taller. It was weird. <laughs> but no, like, I think that's 100% what it is. I remember my last pickup basketball game. Kids are playing like it's, it's hell because everybody's shooting threes from two mm-hmm. steps past half court. Everybody thinks it's Steph Curry. Back in my day... Everybody thought they were Allen Iverson. At least you had people going to the rim. You could go get a rebound. You could go, you know, fun stuff right. happening. But no, I think it's it's what Steph Curry has done. I don't want to say he's changed the game of basketball because like people shot three pointers before him, but he really does remind me of Iverson in that like people did crossovers before Allen Iverson. He just did yeah. it best, right? Like, but they're show, shooting fifty threes now against versus seventeen or what they used to. I, I, it's not all him. The game has changed, but. Um, guys sure think they can make them now as, as you know, as much. What do you think, Jack? You, you care I think, to put him uh, in the top three? Yeah, I think you got it right. And the thing that distinguishes him uh, in, you know, in the, in the ranks of history is that he is unique. I don't, th- mm-hmm. there's not somebody you rightly would compare him to in the history of basketball. That's kind of in a way what, what ails, you know, 25, 50 years from now, as people look back and look at the highlights and everything, Kobe Bryant was very similar in style and body type and otherwise mm-hmm. to, 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 uh, to Michael Jordan. LeBron is a distinctive physical figure out on the floor. Magic Johnson is that. By the way, shout out to the guy who often gets left off the best shooter list. People always do. You know, the, the usual suspects, Ray Allen. And, and by the way, shout out to Del Curry, too, who was a smooth uh, stroke himself. But Larry Bird, Larry Bird is in the in the ranks of who's the best in the history of basketball. And I put him into two categories, seven footers, center types, low block guys have you carve out Kareem and Akeem and uh, and, um, you know, Wilt and Shaq as one discussion and then separately do the other guys. Larry Bird is a little under. Uh, underregarded in my book in, in, in terms of that. But anyway, underregarded. Yes, Jesus Christ. And I think so. Near the end of Larry Bird. Maybe just, maybe if you want to pinpoint it to shooting and stuff like that. But oh my God. I, but I think also, that. though, you're exactly right because I don't know if people remember this, but like short term, relatively speaking, history lesson mm-hmm. is. I mean, it was within this millennium that a lot of people who like basketball were lamenting the lack of shooting ability with young people. Remember that? That was like, yeah. man, the, the fundamentals are just gone for these guys. They're all about attack the rim and dunk because what they see on Sports Center and otherwise. That was only like 15 years ago. So, yeah, you're exactly yeah, right. True. Steph Curry has revolutionized and, in my opinion, kind of made it better. It's great. Isn't it fun to watch? I mean, we, I guess maybe we got saturated on guys throwing it down with Vince Carter and, and 
otherwise, and yeah. maybe we peak there. This kind of opened up a whole new way, and I, I find it imminently entertaining. It is, but it also... There's now less importance on the first three quarters of a game because anyone can come back from 16 down, where I feel like 20 years ago that was... Um, that only happened a few times a year. Now, right, Martin, as a better, you know this happens a few times a night now. But oh, I, don't Sal, I mean, it's that. almost a lock. If you got a, if you have a team above five hundred, down twenty yeah. in the third quarter, just live bet it because they're gonna right. go back. Yeah, when are we gonna get smart about it? Did uh, you watch uh, NFL Week fourteen? Because that same dynamic happened all over pro football gridirons this past weekend, like gigantic, impossible to overcome leads, and then all of a sudden, I mean, that happened five or six times over the weekend. Not that, how how big were the leads? Oh, I mean, the Brown, but they didn't uh, they didn't give up the lead. I mean, teams came back. No, right? I'm just saying that yeah, these blowouts all of a sudden were like nail biters at the mm-hmm. end. The 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 Bungles forced overtime against the Niners. The Steelers rallied against the Vikings almost pulled it out the ravens with their backup qb almost yeah. rallied against the browns and so yeah, on. it was, it a was weird all week. over the place yeah. weird week happens every day though in the nba uh yeah. let's talk about these browns my god so now baker and stefanski are positive for the browns they had nine yesterday positively bad at their jobs i don't think go. it's positive at all sal how about <laughs> right. some empathy here you're right i think okay. it's i think it's bad news friend <laughs> what the hell what the hell what is gonna happen here i the NFL's in a tough position because they can't add another week or it'd be weird to add another week here. You, and then you're moving the Super Bowl or there's no week in between. I don't know what they're doing. It seems like they're going to make the Browns play against uh, – now they're supposed to play Saturday against uh, the Raiders. Is there a line on that? Did they? I, I, I looked before. There wasn't a line on it. But with all these guys out and now Baker out, which might be a blessing for them. Um, yeah, look so at that. It opened, Raiders, it opened Raiders that are, Raiders uh, – uh, plus six. And then once the first round of Brown COVID came out, the first rounds of Brown's COVID came mm-hmm. out, it went to uh, Raiders plus three. Raiders, I don't know what minus, it is as of Raiders minus one now. Minus one wow. and 39 and a half. I think they're going to play this game. I think they're stubborn. They're going to play it. I mean, look, the Broncos played with a wide receiver at quarterback last year. Uh, I, I, I get it. You know, you got the Adam Carollas and the Clay Travises, and I don't want to come off sounding like that, but I think we, I think it's time we stop testing vaccinated players. I hate when they compared it to the flu, but if you have this thing and been vaccinated, it's kind of like having the flu, right? I'm no doctor, I'm not, but I do know a bunch of obese offensive line coaches have gotten through this and obese players, offensive linemen. And uh, we have a pretty good sample size to see that people aren't going to really die in the next couple of weeks if they play through this, especially with no symptoms. Am I crazy to make the switch here, Shaq, or am I just... Um, no, you're exactly right. And, what you are know, we doing? The, well, of course. And, and, and they also have to play these games, too. And I hate to sound like uh, add the the, uh, the sea of vapid cynics out there that uh, that take to social media and otherwise to express, uh, you know, their cynicism about this, that and the other. But as they always say, follow the money. The, the NFL at this point can't move the game. Right. I mean, no. they're, 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 they the Saturday games are the Saturday games in week 15. There is no room to push these games back like there was right. last year. I mean, it was a couple weeks earlier when these things started to happen. And also they decreed before the season there were not going to be any pushes, any cancellations and stuff like that. So they're 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 kind of jammed up by by their own measure, too. Right. I mean, like, you know, you know better than I do. You're, you're working over there at fancy uh, Fox. Oh, they yeah. they the partners can't have games moved at this point. Right. No. You can't be moving. Pl- I mean, because then you're basically requiring pushing playoff games. They're just not in a position. Right. Aren't all unless I don't know what I'm talking about. Aren't all. Uh, TV ads and otherwise all sold at this point. You can't really be moving. Yeah, stuff that, that, this late. look, it, it begins and ends with the Super Bowl, right? So you don't want to. You can't push that date around. So that's that's almost definite. Um, but I don't yeah, look. This is their own problem, right? Right, Mark? Like they, I mean, obviously. So in the beginning of the year, they thought, okay, we'll get all the players vaccinated, and then there'll be no positive tests. Like, well, they were right, pretty much about that. They got most of the players po- uh, vaccinated. But there are plenty of positive tests because the vaccines didn't last or whatever. So they planned on they put out this policy like positive tests. We're going to keep it the same as last year because there aren't going to be any because everyone's going to be vaccinated. They didn't they didn't uh, look ahead as well well as they should have. So now they're going to have to change. I think they're going to change it next week. 
I really do. They're going to uh, there's you know, they're begging the owners to go to the league and say that uh, how about I think the newest thing is that they incentivize players with the booster to, OK, if you have the booster shot, we're not going to test you anymore, which fine. I think just do that. But poor Browns, they don't benefit from that at all this week, for sure. Well, I was like, wasn't that the whole point? Wasn't that the whole point? They told me in March 2020, you wait, you get the shot, and then you go back to living your life, yeah, right? That was it. That was the whole thing. But uh, but the NFL, NBA, and to, like NBA to all professional sports this year just acted like, you know what, we're going to be hard and fast against COVID. Like, mm-hmm. it, But I was talking to TJ about this yesterday, TJ Usmanzada, who will be on this show in just a little oh, bit. Yes, he's but I was talking to him yesterday about it, and he said, man, why don't these guys just stay at home? When you look at the at their positives, it seems as if they're catching it by playing football. Right. Right. Like when or, or, or at least by not playing football, at least living the life of an NFL player on game day. Well, Odell is close, and, man. I mean, if you do the math, he may have actually gotten it during that game. <laughs> that's that's night, what I'm saying. Right? We assume that the NFL has been stringent and we know they have not necessarily been the most diligent about their COVID protocols. Aaron Rodgers, case in point. But if we assume that the NFL has been diligent on their game day testing, then you have to say that Odell Beckham contracted COVID sometime, sometime, uh, what, versus whoever they played Monday night, versus the Cardinals, right? Mm-hmm. So, somewhere in Glendale. Like, yeah. otherwise, it wouldn't have happened. Like, for him to be negative Monday night at 5.15 uh, Pacific time and to be positive Tuesday 9 a.m. I can't wow. believe it's worse than it's ever been right now. Like in terms of the, the sports, in terms of positive tests, like this is, it's never been this bad. And yet I don't know what it means. First of all, it's a sad, what, what, uh, what it means is a sad, a sad installment of what would have been a fun uh, red, right. 88 redo there. The 1980 mm. uh, divisional round game in Cleveland, when Brian Sype gets picked off at the end of the game there by the, uh, the cardiac kids. But as it is now, you can't. Ch- I, I mean, you know. Again, as one of society's most celebrated empaths, obviously, I would like to see everybody at full strength. Or shame the devil. But since mm-hmm. we're not there, you can't really, from a, a fairness standpoint. I mean, you, you say it won't benefit the Browns in Week 16 if they make a change after Week 15. But what about the teams that have already missed a game? Have had you know, significant players miss games because of those yeah. requirements. Yeah, so what are you going to do? I'm using the Browns as a, an example. No, I hear I'm you, just, but I'm saying, like, like, if you change things mid, like, you know, during the season, it does kind of stink right. of unfairness, right? Yeah, I know, but listen, they have to avoid the inevitable, which is, I mean, Tyler Higby missed Monday's game because of a false positive. Like, are we really going to take that chance, Super Bowl week? With Brady or Rodgers or someone like that? This is, yeah, right, they, you were so right. Well, I think we have to do something. The conspiracy theorist Martin for a thousand percent was saying there was no testing of COVID happening in between the NFC and AFC championship games and the Super Bowl. Yeah, Tom Brady caught COVID. Yeah. Damn it, he's playing with COVID. Right. Yeah, they could for sure just cheat. Um, yeah, I don't know what the answer is. I I think I know what the answer is, but I don't know if they're ready to do it just yet. You know, NFL had the advantage of playing once a week. Obviously, um, you know, hockey. What the Islanders went a week without playing. NBA. They've certain have. Certainly, have had games canceled. NBA, uh, NFL was like they had their cake and ate it too, right? They seemed responsible, but they could actually figure this out because teams would only play once a week. But I hate it. And by the way, the Raiders luck out again. Unbelievable, their luck this year. <laughs> <laughs> I really did start this week out by looking and seeing, like, so is Darren Waller going to play or not? Because maybe that would give the Raiders a puncher's <laughs> chance in this game. And now here we are talking about that uh, that 90% of the Browns aren't allowed in the facility. It's going to be great when they lose to the Baker's nine. house. Yeah, I'll say sure. this. I, as a gambler, I desperately miss the real. I understand why it'll never happen again. But I desperately miss the relative consistency and ease of the bubble. I killed the bubble. Everything was so easy. It was just everything was every every day was the same thing. Everybody was available. Everybody was healthy. Everybody was rested. Right. Everybody had good food the night before. <laughs> it was just uh, the the teams that were supposed to win won. The teams that were supposed to lose lost, and it just all made sense. Now everything we know what to get Martin for Christmas. He needs a bubble. Get well, you know what I will say about that, even though we're still now in the second season of, of major sports uh, dealing with COVID, second or third even. But anyway, um, I, th- I it, it's funny because it occurred to me the other day, 
that those bubble titles feel like they're asterisked. Remember when we were talking about that a year plus ago? Like it does feel like those Lakers and Lightning ones are kind of like, that was kind of strange though. Did we fully count those? I don't know. Just a year later, I don't. They they don't amount to well, but the Lightning won again, so they're a pretty good team. I know, I know. Hey, let's take a quick break and talk about my miserable Cowboys. All right, we're back. I shouldn't say miserable, right, Shaq? Nine and four? That was weird. I know. What happened Wait, Wait a second, Sal. Sal, Dave, I want to ask you real quick. What was the score? Well, how'd you like the Army-Navy game on Saturday? (laughs) I loved it. What are you talking about? Who covered? What was the score? Who's the leading rusher? I mean, you completely missed the point of it. What are you, a traitor? What are you? No, I'm just somebody who watches football. You one of these Russian bots now? You don't love America? I thought through all the pageantry and, and anchors away and, and, and so on and so forth, the football game might have broke out at some point in, in this Army Navy. Wow. And uh, this Army Navy breakdown. Do you do know, know. Wait, Shaq, you yeah. know who won? He, Shaq, you don't know. You don't remember who won. Of though, do course you? I know who won. Who? Listen, what, 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 this is a this is a tremendous cell phone. You know who won America? That's who all right. Say, did it, I predict he'd say that? <laughs> I said that did. You did say he was going <laughs> to. This was a little bit set up. No, oh, shut up! I, I, Navy won the game, and it was and it was wonderful stuff. And 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 the head coach wept with joy because his team won. It was great. Don't you hear the messages? I don't want to. I don't want to get all uh, red, white, and blue saccharin. But don't you see the greatness of this? These guys are now the kids that we were just watching. There, mm-hmm. within a year, are going to be in dangerous spots spread all over the big blue marble. And in the meantime, the most important thing to them and all the kids up in the stands and all the military people. People spread across the globe were hanging on the edge of their collective seat watching the result of this game. It was wonderful. The stakes couldn't have been higher. They were wondering if the under was going to hit for a 16th straight time. And it did, by the way. Unbelievable. Wasn't it 17 points in the first quarter, Martin? 17 to 13. 17 to 13. Oh, well, look who knows the score. (laughs) I did. I looked looked it up. He knows. Third, right. <laughs> right, exactly. Third most watched college football game this year behind Ohio State and Michigan and Auburn, Alabama. Well, because it's the only one on. Okay, oh, Come yeah. on. Put, that one, yeah, that's put, true. Put LSU-Auburn uh, uh, opposite and see what happens. <laughs> um, all right, from America's game to America's team. Yeah, maybe I was uh, jumped the gun a little bit here, but Jerry Jones doing an interview saying Dak is in a slump, and he definitely is. And I don't know what to do. when you, I, I, I think they could sit him for three weeks. And come back uh, nine and seven and play the last week, right? Nine and seven going into week eighteen. I, they're winning this division at nine and eight, so they already got the nine. They're nine and four. But I was looking. I spent like an hour and a half looking at this. What is it? Could it be an injury? Of course, I wouldn't be surprised if they said it was an, another injury aside from the calf. Um, in a way that would make me feel good with this a Dax slump. But mm-hmm. if you just break it down, zone coverage and not blitzing. Uh, 15 touchdowns and one interception. Man coverage, four touchdowns, seven interceptions. Could it be that simple at this point in Dak's career that they're switching from man to zone and it's making this much of a difference? Oh, that got me sick to see that. I would I, say those numbers to me suggest that the receivers aren't getting open, right? Like if if yeah, I don't think that he's having the issue. Like I don't think Dak Prescott in year, what, seven, eight, is having trouble reading defenses at this point. Like I think... But just when I watch the games, that that does sound like without without knowing that stat beforehand, it sounds that sounds like it bears true. Mm. It just seems like guys aren't getting as open as they could, and Dak has never been like the most accurate of throwers of the ball. He'll get it done, but like to to call Dak like a Justin Herbert, that's just not happening, right? It's a bummer. I guess you roll him out more. I think that's one way to uh, you know remedy this. But uh, oh man, I I would really I mean you're you're rest of December. I mean. Well, you don't want him to sit for all the the maybe he needs a week off if things are sick. But on the other hand, mm-hmm. you know, like we've been pointing at for for weeks on end here, I feel like I, I feel bad again it, that we don't celebrate the Cardinals enough. What they've done, we, we talked about them on Monday night on our usual halftime hit there. If you aren't joining us for that, shame the devil. You should join us going forward um, for the best second half bets there. That's but like right. we talked about, they 
it's weird because we should be more excited about this team in the 21st century, or at least there's a certain demographic that should vibe to them. Everybody loves Madden. Ooh, the Cardinals? And, yeah. The, the Why are idea, we celebrating them now? This this is not the time to celebrate them. They, well, they I mean, well, now you should celebrate if you're a Cowboys or Packers uh, or Bucks or, or uh, Rams fan yeah. because now you, you have a shot at the number one seed. But if you're a Cowboys fan... The damage is done now. Maybe you're right. Maybe you do That's sit back saying. for a week because the Raiders and Denver losses at home are, are, you know, I'm not saying either one is a garbage team that you lost to. But if you have that game, boy, really, I mean, it's already interesting to see how it's going to break. But it's going to be a little unsatisfying because mm-hmm. I think we all deep down fear and know it's going to be the Bucks winning the getting the number one seed here. But if the Cowboys are in that mix too, boy, the fight to the finish is really good. But maybe you're right at Bucks this point. Packers, Packers are definitely right there um, with their schedule and what's going on. But yeah, I'll, I'll take my chances. Sorry, Spaghetti Cooper Rush against Jake Fromm or whoever the hell you put out there this week sit back for a minute but i'd also like you're not to gonna catch him right you're not like if you are if you're being realistic as mike mccarthy mm-hmm. you're not gonna get the number one seed anyway correct so i mean do you do you agree with that assumption and if you well, do this is why i want them sitting yeah right like, that's what i'm right. saying if, if yeah. unless you think we gotta hang in there because you don't know the plenty of season left and we right. might no you're not gonna get it now because you lost to the raiders that's, on yeah, thanksgiving that's exactly what i'm thinking yeah and they play I the wish. they play the cardinals too so that's probably gonna be a loss go ahead Mark. i don't disagree with the idea of resting dak and especially zeke 100 percent. zeke needs to be on the bench yeah. but i just don't see it happening i i has it has that really happened in the nfl like sure you'll rest your starters maybe for the last regular season game when you got everything locked up but like they'd oh have to make God. up an injury. Washington they'd have to make seven up. more players to the COVID list. This is a COVID. This outbreak is, inc- is incredible. I'm sorry. It just what happened? Across Did I miss something? Now. Yeah. Washington just added seven players to the COVID list. Sal, are we playing football on Sunday? This week? I don't know, I don't man. Know. I really, I've, I'm getting the, the March 10th, 2020 vibes all over again. I'm really feeling it. Like it's all going to go. Away. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to like uh, be doom and gloom here. We have our Christmas party at Saturday in a stadium. So, um, that's going to be interesting if that even happens. We'll have TJ Hushmanzad on in a few minutes to discuss that. All right, check. Let's go to this. We know there'll be an NFL draft, right, in April. I think Kenny Pickett, according to Todd McShay, goes number 12 to the Steelers, a Pitt Panther to the Steelers, the best quarterback out there. I think I like him at 7-1 to one odds to, uh, to get picked number one. I, I, you look at all these quarterbacks. all the First Giants, overall? Well, the Giants have two picks in the top six. You know, we've seen teams trade up for quarterback, not want to screw around. I could definitely see something like that. Malik Willis at 12 to one and Kenny Pickett plus 750. Um, I, I could see the Lions trading with the Giants or somebody who wants that spot. Yeah, maybe. I, you know, I, I first of all, the projection, that's why it's silly. It's December. But, you know, the, we're, we're projecting that the Steelers are going to wind up with the 12th overall pick. They would have to trade into that spot the way things are right. tracking. They're not They're not going to be there. And Kenny Pickett, to your point, uh, probably isn't going to be available at 12 either. Um, pre, but it's all pre-combined. We don't even know. Hand size is an issue, yeah. supposedly. I will say the- at this time last year, Lawrence was definitely projected to go number one. I think he was That's like true. minus 4,000. And the year like he be- was projected Ooh. to go number one, like as soon as he beat yeah, Alabama in college. Two years ago, yeah. Uh, By yeah. the way, shout out to, to the guy who benefits most. Like we like to point out who benefits most from terrible things, and Urban Meyer's existence has really obscured Trevor Lawrence's stinker of a rookie season. You can say that those two things aren't mutually exclusive. It's those one way or the other, he's not big They're right. not grooming him. The loser yeah, assistants right. aren't able to groom Trevor Lawrence for some reason. Let me just say this, if I may. Yeah. Let me address... Steelers fans and otherwise with this mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett thing. People are saying like, dude, I want Aaron Rodgers. I want the, let's go get Aaron Rodgers. Kenny Pickett. We don't know what that dude's going to be just because he played for Pitt. That's what we want him for. Yeah, that's right. That's what, that's exactly why <laughs> it's fun. It's okay for sports to be enjoyable. It's fun to be a part of a, a, to be rooting for a team that has a cool, fun narrative going and that's exactly what kenny pickett taking off the pit blue uh, jersey and putting on the steelers black and gold jersey would be and by the way you have no idea you're purely speculating if you announce i don't think kenny pickett's going to be a good pro okay all the scouts project him now to be a solid first round pick so your your thoughts on it uh take a back seat to what the what the professional scouts think one 
Two, the idea that the Pittsburgh Steelers, I've really given this a lot of thought if you can't tell. The, the idea that the Pittsburgh Steelers are, are so desperate because they haven't won a Super Bowl in more than a decade, despite the fact that they haven't had a losing season. But, OK, that they should that they're so desperate, that they're so lost at sea that they have to do something like trade multiple first round picks to get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. The Steelers don't need a mercenary quarterback like the Buccaneers did. Congratulations on your on your Super Bowl trophy. You got an old man and, and he's a mercenary and great for you. Are, are the 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 Minnesota Vikings traded their dignity forever ago to bring in Brett Favre, the guy who tormented their team for a decade and a half, and all the fans cheered, "Yay, we love you now, Brett Favre." That's not who the Pittsburgh Steelers. Are. Yeah, but we you're, don't not want, get, you're not getting. We don't a want division that. rival. You're it, 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 Russell. Wilson, I don't give a people, good goddamn. Like, oh my here, god! Here's hear what I'm saying to you. you played the L.A. Rams made a terrible mistake. Les Snead had to get out from under his terrible contract. He thought, "Oh, if we paid you." Jared Goff to be the franchise quarterback. But surely, magically, he'll transform into that. They didn't. They found a lucky trade partner in, in the Lions, and now they have Matt Stafford, another mercenary. The Pittsburgh Steelers are entitled, their fans are entitled to be spoiled because we are the winningest fan base of a, as consistent as there's been in pro football for half a mm. century. I'm not getting desperate. Oh, please give us, give us your, uh, give us your, your uh, all pro quarterback for a couple of years. There's no reason to get that. All right, so you want to bring in another guy. We need to Terry Bradshaw, uh, mm. then lost at sea, then Ben Roethlisberger. If, if Pickett works out or uh, Malik Willis or, 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 or Desmond Ritter or Matt Corral, bully for the Steelers fans. We I think 98% of Steelers fans would be overjoyed to have Russell Wilson. Oh, I, I'm seeing to see Russell. I, yeah, yeah, I hear you. I, I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm telling you what I feel. Look, bring me a mercenary quarterback. All I know is if Kenny Pickett does that fake slide thing in the NFL, he should uh, be he should be evicted out of the league. He can't play no more. That's that's just shameful and disgraceful. Yeah, get him out. He probably should should sit another year to think about it. Uh, <laughs> Babyface, what do you think about this? You want draft or you want mercenary? Well, this is where I think you guys are different. I agree with Dave. If you've been trained as a Steeler fan for 20, 30 years, this is the Steeler way. They're not going to go out and get a, uh, a free agent big name or, yeah. or someone that's in the twilight of their career. I mean, even when they got Michael Vick to be a backup, that was sort of shocking. So, you know, it, w- it would be great. The, uh, you're forgetting it's a different situation, but they did this. No, it isn't. Thing get over the- yourselves. You have a time struggling to get to 7 and 10 and 1 or whatever. It's fine. It's fine. You could do no. like the rest of the league. You guys sound like Michigan fans before this year. Yeah, really. How obnoxious can you be? You didn't That's right. You're, you're, you're goddamn right it's obnoxious. I'm sorry it's inconvenient for everybody, but the Detroit Lions <laughs> do not equal the Pittsburgh Steelers. We got to do something. We got to do something desperate. We got to we gotta mortgage yeah, our will. future and give yeah, away all our first-round picks. with Kenny Pickett next year because he's going to go through a learning curve. You're going to be like, whoa, that's two years we haven't made a playoffs. What and do you that's do not the, Pittsburgh Steelers the, uh, football either. Roethlisberger no. did it in his rookie year. Dave, tell them this is the Steeler way. You are right, and uh, <laughs> they are wrong. Well, Nobody. by the way, they more practically, that's thank you, and thank you again for that, Babyface Joel. And one more thing, Babyface Joel cobbled together the years in the seasons in which quarterbacks won their Super Bowls, like yeah, year. What a waste I think of time that was. Yeah. No, I think it was year four was the best <laughs> time. You know. That that is practically in the age of the salary cap. What you want? You want your franchise QB on his rookie deal because then you right. can you can sign a bunch of guys. The Steelers, by the way, are going to be in a great spot to do exactly that in free agency last year. And if they can land the finishing piece of the quarterback, maybe it'll right. be through free agency, but maybe it'll be through the draft for the next. If they hit on that pick, they will be in the sweet spot for five years with a with a pretty nice collection of pieces already in the building. I will say I this. Love that. Wow, it's gone up too. Uh, I said this on Fox Bet Live, and I think against all odds. If you're betting the AFC North right now, a winner, don't do it. Uh, forget COVID aside, who the hell knows with the Browns and everything else. But you got the Ravens plus 120, the Bengals plus 230, the Browns plus 230, the Steelers 15 to 1. The only team I would bet right now, if I had to make a bet, is the Steelers at 15 hmm. to 1, because there's no way this division is going to be decided before week 18 which is Pittsburgh against Baltimore and Cincinnati against Cleveland. Save your money. See where everybody is, and then you may not get as much value, but 
come on, you're going to tell me the Bengals are better than the Browns or better than the Ravens at this point? You could, you're allowed to sit and watch. Now, you're not going to get monster odds like the Steelers at 15-1 to if they're, in fact, in it um, up until the last week. But just sit back and watch the carnage, if you will. From a value standpoint, you're right. But if if we're just uh, projecting who we think is going to do it in the quarterback league in a tightly uh, fought division, who which team has the best quarterback? It's the mm. Bengals. And so give mm. me Cincinnati down the stretch here. Big spot right. for them coming up in Denver, though. Denver and Broncos, week-to-week league. They are the personification of that. But if the Broncos put out a good effort and knock off the Bengals, obviously I'm going to change my tune there. But I, it feels to me like... <laughs> The Bengals, um, nah, the Bengals are right knows. there. I feel, I feel right like there. they're, I, mean, I feel like they're the one team that can make a deep, they can make a run. Plays. Sure, yeah, they're the Chargers. All these teams are inconsistent. It'd be fun. Like I could see, once they make the playoffs, I could see any of these teams winning three games. But how the hell can you tell who's going to make it at this point? Did Ooh, you? Think you I can see any team. That's the point. I can see any AFC right. team winning three games. TJ, uh, does he have the link, Martin, or is that in your outbox with the Megan's video? Oh my gosh, this guy's a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've emailed him the link twice and All he right. just emailed me back. Or he's texting me and said, Can you email me the link? Yeah, so, email him the link. All right, let's go. Uh, while while uh, we wait what's for happening. this link to go yeah. through, let's go over <laughs> the Thursday night game. KC minus three at SoFi playing the Chargers. KC basically home, anyone's home going to SoFi to play the Chargers. Shaq, what do you think for this? Uh, I am going to wait because I pick it on the Thursday night pregame show. The last ever Thursday night game on Fox. How about that? It goes to Amazon. End of an era. Unbelievable. Uh, Shaq, you have a feel for this? Now, um, Slater's out, right, for um, the Chargers, but Jones is out. So you got a pass rusher out and a lineman out, which kind of works out, um, even though it doesn't for the fans uh, who want to see a good game. Chiefs minus three. I, 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 I had my thoughts organized, but now they're thrown off. I, on, on against all odds, you have Harry's cough. On extra points, we have Marty Weiss's uh, nasal snorts. I mean, what, <laughs> what's next? What's next? May, uh, 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 one of the Megans have uh, loud gas to I interrupt the show. True. This yeah, is yeah, this is true. what's next, buddy. This is what's next right, right here. A nose blow. I can't see what you got there. Whatever. Uh, I'm going to mute right. myself Let's, and blow my nose. So I don't okay, have to. Let's quickly pick this game because TJ's in the waiting room. And um, easy peasy. What I've told you all along. It's Chargers. the Los Angeles Chargers winning the AFC West. It's the Los Angeles Chargers playing a home game whenever that Super Bowl takes place. If it gets kicked game. down the curve, maybe it'll be <laughs> April. Uh, yeah. By the time uh, COVID <laughs> settles all the hash, whenever that Super Bowl is played, the Los Angeles Chargers will be the AFC representative, and their real push begins on Thursday Night Football All against right. the most feared team in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs. They Martin, will win what that game thinking? straight up. I'm with Damashek. As much really? as it pains me to say, I hate agreeing with the with the with the Yenzer, but okay. I do. Uh, I think the Chargers are going to win this game. I do. I, I think the Chiefs. They've been rolling for the last month, but it feels funny to me. It just doesn't feel right. I, I know that. They, they've beaten the hell out of the Raiders twice, and that's commendable. But I just don't think that this offense is going to be able to keep up with All the right. Chargers offense, which is crazy to say out loud. But All I right, really I'll get you two a bolt on the Chargers. I'll give my pick uh, Thursday night on the Fox, so the very last Fox pregame <laughs> He's show. He's picking the Chiefs. Night. Sal's going to pick the Chiefs, I don't everybody. Know. I don't know. Let's get, uh, let's get our guy on here. Oh, I'm very excited to have him on. All right, this Saturday, the first annual Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl at SoFi Stadium between Oregon State, Utah State, and right now, we got a former Beavers wide receiver joining us. You can hear him every week with Martin Weiss hosting the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast, where he's taught us valuable lessons such as it's always better with the cheddar. It really is, if you think about it. Our good friend, TJ Hushmanzad, is here. What's happening, TJ? What's going on, fellas? Extra Points Podcast, man. I'm glad to be here, baby. We about to beat the shit out of Utah State. Oh, all right. Well, that was, I was going to ask, you know, we're, we're, we're gambling men here. I don't know how much you followed Oregon State. Probably not Utah State as much. You think this team has it in them to cover the seven? Covering Utah State surprised me in the conference championship game. I'm not going to lie. That that was a shocker. But Oregon mm-hmm. State has played good competition. We, we, sh- we lost some close games that we should have won. Do I follow them? I do, but I'm not really following them the way that I should. The coach was my quarterback, so we communicate often. I've sent quite a few kids up there to go to school. But uh, 
we've beaten the shit out of Utah State. That's for certain. Wow. Wow. And you're going to be there to see it. We're all getting together, right? Yeah. Bring thanks. Thanks. Oh. Thanks to you and uh, uh, Mr. Big Man Jimmy Kimmel, man. We, <laughs> we, we in the house, baby. This is going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. A Martin, lot of points. Martin, the shirt that Martin has on, he's going to wear that on uh, Saturday. No, I was just going to ask you about that. Do you, when you get drafted out of Oregon State to Cincinnati, does it, how, how quickly does it occur to you? Like, I don't even have to change any of my clothes, black and orange to black and orange. <laughs> All right. I mean, it was quite ironic. It was, it really was. If you think about it, the year before they draft me and Chad, they draft Ron Dugans and Peter Warwick both from Florida State, both receivers, both the same year, um, different colors. But, yeah, it was it was really crazy. Like, I would have worn an Oregon State hoodie right now, but all my Oregon State, they don't they don't send me anything, and all my stuff is big. And <laughs> as I've gotten older, you know, I've kind of gotten away from all the big clothes, and I'm going to the form-fitting clothes, so, you know, uh, it would have been just too big for me. There's yeah. just a couple of things that you all need to know about TJ. First, he hates officials. Referees, no, no time for them. Secondly, if you're not sending him stuff, he's going to talk about how you're not sending him stuff. You need to send TJ stuff. If you want him to be happy. I'll yeah. wear it. Why won't Oregon State send you stuff? This is very strange to me. I don't know, man. I have no idea. Norm, normally, man, you know, if you're an alumni, you get things sent to you. They don't yeah. send me much, and it's okay. It's not a big deal. I just wear what I purchase. TJ, let me ask you real quick. How hard is it for players to get up for these bowl games, which are sometimes three and four weeks after the last game you played? Now, I think you played in the Fiesta Bowl. That was a big one. I'm sure you got up for Notre Dame, and but the score indicates that you did. What did you win, like 41-9? <laughs> you had a touchdown. Chad Johnson had a couple of touchdowns. Eddie Spaghetti doesn't want to hear about this. He's a big Notre Dame fan. He left, that- uh, well, but Chad Johnson left one of those touchdowns at the one-yard line, right? Hey, in today's game, review, <laughs> no touchdowns. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, well, yeah, he did. The, he did the thing where he dropped right. the ball as he's crossing the goal line, but it was a yard short. I mean, it hardly mattered because it was forty-one-nine. But that pro college doesn't matter. That has to be a top three highlight, right? That game. Yeah, that game was funny. It, it was fun, Sal, because I, I, I remember this vividly, man. We had our banquet, and we were when we had the banquet. It was supposed to be a couple of. We were supposed to intermingle, mm-hmm. and so a mixture of Notre Dame players and Oregon State players at the table, their coaches, and we get there and our coaches, like they don't want to intermingle with us. So we're going to be on this side. We're going to be on this side. And then it was like six players from each team got introduced. I was one of them, by the way. And the last guy for our team that got introduced, his name was DeLawrence Grant. And he was a defensive end from Compton, California. So he gets up. He's like, I'm DeLawrence Grant, defensive end, Compton, California. The guy from Notre Dame gets up after we're done. He was like, I'm not from Compton, but I'm from so-and-so. Like, really, like, putting it down. So when that happened, like, we literally were ready to fight him in the banquet. So it was really fun that we beat the shit out of him because they act like they were so much better than us. At least that's what our coaches had us believing. Like, they were too good to be playing us in a fiesta ball. So we really did want to beat the hell out of them. That's great. And that, I'm trying to, I don't know what the spread was, but that must have, the spread must have been like 40 we're points. We're probably off. the underdog. Yeah. Probably, we're probably the underdog. Yeah. But yeah. The, the guys going into this ball game, mm-hmm. you're, you're excited. A lot of the guys from Oregon State are from California. And, and so their families will be able to watch them just to be able to play on a national, national scene at this stadium. Oh, they they really, really looking forward to this. Yesterday wasn't so good. Tuesday, the rain out here, but, you know, they got clear skies and palm trees today. So they're looking forward to practice today. Um, but no, nah, you, you're you excited about playing in any ball game. And I'm sure the gifts they're getting um, yeah. are fantastic. So they love it. I know Dave's excited to ask you about the fruit in the background. I know. Well, I do want to ask you about that, but I do have a a semi-serious football question for you. Chad Johnson, you played with. You were a high-end 21st century receiver. Steve Smith, Um, you know, this year, once again, obsession about Odell Beckham and where he should be and where he shouldn't be. And, um, you know, this receiving core and that. Why is it, do you suppose? What's your serious uh, thought on this? 
for all our fixation, because it's fun to have great wide receivers, number one wide receivers and all that, how come the teams that win the Super Bowl very rarely have those dominant wide receivers? Why does it feel to me like, well, I mean, the, the numbers kind of bear it out. Tyreek Hill is probably the best receiver to win a Super Bowl this millennium. How come the teams that end up winning the Super Bowl don't necessarily have that dominant, like, oh, he's the best in the business. That guy never wins the Super Bowl. It doesn't look like he agrees with you. I, I think TJ disagrees with the premise of this yeah. setup right here. Okay, yeah. well, I mean, and the I, facts I really, bear it out. I, I, I really do because who just won, who's the reigning Super Bowl champs? Okay, Mike Evans is is really good. Mike Evans is my okay. So maybe Mike Evans, a, but I mean, all, but also Randy Moss never won a Super Bowl. Antonio Mike. Brown got one as a third as a third. Calvin Johnson never got close. Julio Jones has never won one. Duke Hopkins has never won one. I mean, these are the best receivers of the millennium because they're drafted high. And when you're drafted high, you go on shitty teams. Hmm. Like Mike Evans can play. He, he's a top eight receiver. Chris Godwin is probably a top 12 receiver. And, and so to me, I, I look at when Devontae Adams got hurt this year or and he didn't play. You know what the Green Bay did? They turned into Nebraska from with hmm. Tom Osborne. They just start running the ball. Yeah. Receivers are very, to me, in today's game, are just as important as quarterbacks. If you don't have one, you're not going to be successful. Look around. Ask Trevor Lawrence if he had Devontae Adams, how better would his rookie season be going? Go ask him. Ask Zach Wilson if he had a Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins, how better would his season be going? Mm -hmm. And so the way the rules are set up, when you have a guy, ask Josh Allen what has Stephon Diggs done for his career once he got traded to Buffalo. And and so winning a Super Bowl, like football is the ultimate team game. We all praise the quarterbacks. Oh, man, you can't win without one. Um, but you, you can't. can't. Without, you can't win without a good offensive line either because you, you look at the Steelers. You're a Steeler fan. Trust me, if they could block, if they had David DeCastro and Pouncey and Alan Fanica, they would be saying Big Ben could play football this year. But because his offensive line sucks, they're saying he's washed. It's yeah. because of the guys up front can't block for him that Ben doesn't have the time that he's accustomed to. It's the ultimate team game, but you got, to me, it's quarterback, receivers, offensive line, in that order. You don't have to look any further than last year's Super Bowl with the Chiefs and their offensive line and how Mahomes was parallel to the ground throwing on every other uh, attempt. So, yeah, of course, offensive line is huge. Do you want to apologize, Shaq? I mean, no, I don't because I because I don't think I think Hoosh made a a capable argument there, but it doesn't disprove the the results of the first 20 years of this uh, of this century. But he gave you a reason because they're drafted on crap teams. That's why. I mean, think about that. The top receivers that you named, Calvin Johnson, drafted high, Detroit, yeah. Julio Jones. The, and let's just be honest. Well, he should have won. They he should have He should have won a Super Bowl if all you had yeah. to do was hand the ball off. You win a Super Bowl. Certainly now. wasn't his fault. He made. The I'd rather. Am my, yeah. But am I right though? Hoosh? By the way, I, I I do have to say before we two things I congratulate you on one. I'm embarrassed to say that your Bungles have beaten the Steelers three straight times, and the last two were were just uh, abject humiliations. Um, but two, regarding the Steelers, you're the first person I heard really hammer this point. You're absolutely right. The Steelers got sideways with their drafting and free agent philosophy. They they started getting distracted by shiny objects on the outside and ignoring what their identity was for a long time, which was uh, which was bullying teams at the at the line of scrimmage on both sides. So kudos to you on on um, on that. But I still would go QB one offensive line, probably two, a dominant edge rusher three and then a shutdown corner Four before I even talk about needing a number one clear cut dominant wide receiver. An obese punter. Four, I would say. No. <laughs> hey Dave, we got that. Hey Dave, you if you were a GM man, you'd be out of a job so fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, laugh it up. That, that's just a, that's just a mean spirited dig that that has no merit whatsoever. Now explain those pineapples behind you. Is that your yeah, fruit of the year? On? Those look good. Yeah, I'm gonna cut these up, man. My everything. I'm pretty much a servant to my family, pretty much, but they love pineapples. And to and I bought those two days ago, and I just I left them there on purpose 
to see if somebody else would cut them. <laughs> and I realized they will not be cut until I cut them. So I'll be cutting those soon after we're done. Soon as we're done, I'm going to cut those. Oh, man. They'll, they'll, they'll sit there, that. you know, get mushy and brown, and I'll just throw them in the trash. But I will say this. I'm a, all I, I pretty much eat every type of fruit that there is um, hmm. all day, every day. That's pretty much all I eat is fruit and one big meal a day. Fruit, really? fruit. So, I might I do that. that. I may have to do that. That's smart. No one ever got fat eating fruit, right? That That's the way to do it. Yeah. I got to do TJ, it. TJ, I just, and so 2021, you know, the year is ending. It's, it's wrapping shortly. Only two more weeks left. What's your favorite fruit of the year? Mm. I know this is damn, I, I just, I think we should, you know, soliciting, uh, sure. are you soliciting nominations, Damashek? I'm a man of the people. I'm open to suggestion, of course. If Hoosh has uh, uh, one that he feels strongly about, I'm, I'm all ears. I pretty much eat. It's not a fruit that I don't like, but what I will say is Honeycrisp apples. I love those. Oh, here we go. So I love them. I got four in the apple. fridge right now. Me, me, me as well. I, uh, I get them. I go there. We yeah. agree about almost everything. It's crazy with yeah. no prior talking about it. Well, Games, listen, let me fruit. just let me just plant the seed with you, an apple seed or otherwise. The Honeycrisp is delicious. It was a revelation to to my taste buds half a decade or so ago. Do yourself a favor, Hushmanzada, try the Envy Apple. Get back. I, I have. I have. And that's the best. That's the, the best. Envy Apple is really good. The, the reason I like the Honeycrisp a little more is it has a tartness to it sometimes. The Honeycrisp, I mean, the Envy is just always sweet. There's another apple that I can't think of the name of it. It is Gala? like. No, nah, no. Nah, lady? Nah. It's a Pine new apple. one. Oh, it's no. a new one. Cosmic. Cosmic Crisp is delicious. Hey. Oh, my God. The Cosmic Crisp apple might be competing with the honey. Yes, the Cosmic. Yes, that apple. I don't like when you guys agree. I liked it better yeah. a few minutes ago when you said Sheck would make a shitty GM. I, that, that's better for me. I, hey, I, I mean, you got to think about, like, just look at the teams <laughs> that are at the top of the standings minus New England. What do they all have? Yeah. Honey Crisp apples. A dominant receiver. <laughs> All but who's okay? Yeah, you do have. You have a. In fact, you have a couple. You have three great receivers. If it were a video game, and I, I know this sound uh, presents as me being dismissive of your Bengals, but from a video game standpoint, man, Cincy is loaded up with skill position guys offensively, and Burrow is is the best quarterback in the division in 2021. Although people are ignoring a little bit too much how great Roethlisberger's been this last month. Wow, no, they're people, not. Wow. Yes, they are. People, people are legitimately ignoring how as this guy comes. Up, we have to sing songs about Derek Jeter for a year, and Coach K gets a farewell tour, and people can't honor Roethlisberger playing dynamite ball, being let down by the line of scrimmage <laughs> on both sides. But anyhow. Shekel I got the Bengals. I got the Bengals because yeah. I think in a QB league, Burrow's playing the best ball, and I think they're going to win the division. But they have to. I, I kind of feel like they need to go into Denver and take care of business there to prove what I'm talking about. Who, who do you have emerging in these last four games to to take the division and and try to not be too orange and uh, you know, honestly, black striped with it? Uh, had Cleveland not had this COVID outbreak, I probably would really? go with the Browns, even though they're not playing well. Their mm -hmm. defense is so dominant that they keep them in the games. The Bengals are playing good football, but they're just giving games up that they should win. Too many big plays. Niners game yep. was a perfect example of yep. that. They should have won that game. And even though the Chargers game, the score looks like they didn't have a chance, they're down 9-0. Jamar Chase drops a touchdown that gets intercepted. That would make it 9-7. They're down 26-22. And Mixon fumbles. They pick it up and return it for a touchdown. They should have won both of these last I times. I agree with that. Lots of big plays. Defend. They give up too many big plays. It's a weird thing with them, right? You know, they have to watching. play a complete game, and that's what they're not doing. They, they get behind, and they fight back. Mm-hmm. And they lose. But I do agree. They are, to me, the most complete team in a division. But they have to understand. And there are steps that young teams take. you got to crawl before you walk. And they're going through the crawling stage of the failure part of it. And once they get over that hump, because this is not an easy game. Vic Fangio is a great defensive coordinator. They're going to Denver. It's thin air. But they have the better team. They need to right. win this game because – Cleveland 
they're in a world of trouble. Baltimore's in a world of trouble. Once Pittsburgh beat Baltimore and then Pittsburgh gets crushed by everybody, I'm like, oh, Baltimore can't be very good. And me and Martin were talking about yep. that. So the Bengals, to me, are the best team in the division. They better win the division. They TJ, should win the division. Let me ask, let me give you a recommendation. Next time someone asks you this question, pick a winner for the AFC North, just ignore them. Say you don't have an answer and it doesn't matter because I pointed out this is not going to be decided before week 18 when Baltimore plays Pittsburgh and Cleveland plays the Bengals. This, it's definitely, definitely, definitely coming down to that. So if you have Absolutely. to give someone like Damashek an answer, fine, so be it. But that, that's the true feeling, right? Hey, with this COVID outbreak, man. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to – I don't play fantasy football. A lot of my buddies, they play – man, this COVID is costing me to play off <laughs> it's <a> fantasy disaster. <laughs> football. <laughs> They're all complaining about that. But, yeah, I'm rolling, I'm rolling with the Bengals. I believe they have the – they might not have the best team, but at least they play together. There's no uh, mutiny in the locker room mm. and so they seem to get along and they just got to put it together Young but do you have any do you have any uh, put you on the spot you have any insight on what baker's talking about that there's discord in the browns locker room before all this covid stuff God covers up all that story that would have been a story though that baker kind of hinted at like well there's stuff going on behind the scenes nobody knows it doesn't help that his wife's calling out the the players on the team every other week i mean when and that's not his wife that's baker uh, he, he, that's Baker's right. going home. He's pillow talking with his wife. I'm hurt. Then you got so and so that's hurt, but he's not playing. But I'm playing through my injury, and so she just repeat. yeah. But he can't like that. That that can't. He has to know that's not going to benefit him. That stuff getting out, whether it's from him or her. Right? She didn't put. I guarantee he knew she was tweeting that. Wow. Guarantee she's not going to do that without saying. Hey, baby, do you care if I do this? I know. it's so She's not going to do that without his consent. And, and so that can that's the problem is quarterback's the only position. I've never seen this before. Oh, are we going to pay Baker? Uh, Baker's not good enough <laughs> to get paid. You, you, give, you give any other position. Oh, are you going to pay so-and-so as a uh, starting left tackle and he's given up eight sacks and has nine mm-hmm. penalties? You like, Hell no, we're not paying him. But no Baker point. Mayfield, are they going to pay him? It should be absolutely not. He's making uh, he's making it easy for the Browns. I think. I think they may still do something stupid, but I think it's making it easy for the teams. Browns would rather. Pay. I mean, they could win with Baker because they're dominant at so many offensive else. lines. Sure. Fantastic running back. Fantastic. They're going to have to go get receivers, but defense that entire defense fantastic, mm. and so they're good everywhere. Mm. They're just lacking at the quarterback because I was one that thought, oh, Baker can get it done. I don't believe he can anymore because you've had every opportunity to show it and you just can't do it. They're winning in spite of you. Right. You can't put two good games together. TJ, uh, I mean, you're the best. You really are. Now I know we have to order extra pineapple for the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl suite. Just uh, in all fruit, baby. We just all apple varietals. For everybody. We're going to be in there deep then on Saturday, baby. All right. Well, we're going to have a lot of fruit because we're going to have a lot of money betting Oregon State minus seven. Hi, you say it's a thrashing. It's going to be like a, gonna, a, a Fiesta Bowl 2002 listen, type thrashing, you're saying. We about to run the ball down their throats. We're going to beat Utah State. Matter of fact, I'm going to call Donald Penn. I got to make a bet on this game. I'm I making a bet on this game. I yeah, love it. I'll throw this to you. If they don't cover, I'm throwing whatever fruit at, uh, in this suite at you. <laughs> hey, Martin. Oh, you better catch it. Hey, Martin, I'm about to make a bet with Donald Penn, so I'm throwing that shit with you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, TJ. We will see you in a few days. TJ Hushmanzada, Lemon Pepper Parlay. Check him out. Oh, so smart. He's the best, Check. I'm telling you. Dynamite. TJ's Dynamite. got all the answers for fruit and football. Really? Well, see, I loved I loved him sticking it to you. See, you you wanted you wanted Sing to laugh to me. at me, but yeah, you see, you like the honey crisp. Good, uh, I'd still make for a good uh, GM in the league. Apparently, I don't know. He, uh, well, he's well, I mean, he's just wrong because that's what they do. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why football players. It really is a weird thing. Why are football players so beholden to the position they played? It's a it's it's what an area mean, where why? they because on the about? pregame shows that's it's, it's hysterics every time you would say that you're a running back and then they all cackle and cackle like <laughs> what do you def- what do you care about if if other guys who play your position are good or not? It's such a weird thing well, to defend to, to to. But I mean, obviously, he's wrong about that. 
I, I named all the best receivers of the 21st century, and none of them have won. Uh, I know, but when you get Super into Julio Bowl, so. Jones, I mean, it was really a coin. I mean, what? They were 14 to 1 favorites at one point. All right, well, but game. look at the list of the best yeah. quarterbacks of the 21st century. They've all won rings, with the all exception right. well, of Phil Rivers. Well, we know, Rivers. because I have to get the fuck out of here, uh, we know the position players are going to shine at the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. The over-under check is 67. That's only the second... Uh, it's the highest. Oh, and there's only one higher in a bowl. I think there's one Virginia plays. It's 71. But we're going to see a lot of points Saturday. The Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl at SoFi Stadium. There it is. Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, December 18th, 430. Sponsored by Stiefel. LABowlGame.com. Tickets start at $32. And you know what, Shaq Martin? I'm going to give away two right now. I'll put this also oh. on Twitter. Hey. Uh, trivia question. Giving away two tickets. In 1986, this Utah State alum led the NFL in completion percentage. What is his name? Now, listen, don't answer. I don't care if you're living in Nebraska. We love you in Nebraska. But if you have no inkling of going to the game, please don't answer. Just do it. Uh, give us an answer. Hit me up on Twitter, at the Cousin Sal. Must be in L.A. or willing to go to the game. Check, you have any idea? 86, well, Utah State. I'm guessing home. you just threw out a hint, right? I threw out a hint. How? Oh, go, oh I, because you're not going to attend if you're in Nebraska. Yeah, you're no, no, I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I'm not, so, I don't care if you know the answer. Just, if you're coming to the game, if you want to come to the game, then give us a response. You know this player. Martin, well, of course, a little I would have to time. know him. Yeah, I would have to right. know him, but who, who, 1986, like Wade Wilson? Nope, nope, no. I'm you looking at a list of 1986 percentage. passing leaders. It's easier to just say Utah yeah. State quarterbacks than which ones were good. Uh, but I'm uh, embarrassed to say I didn't. I didn't know that there was right. a prominent Utah State QB. Not wait a minute. Prominent, you definitely know him. Definitely know him. But, I was uh, about to say I don't know how prominent he is. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I know him though. Not Danny White went to one, ASU, so nah, it couldn't nah. be him. Yeah, at the cousin Sal. Hit me up on Twitter. I will also put it on Twitter. (laughs) How about that, Sal? Bill Kenny, Lynn Dickey. You know him personally? All right, we'll talk about it off the air. I do have to mention the end of the NFL regular season is approaching this week's Thursday night game. Gives us a big divisional matchup between the Chiefs and Chargers. FanDuel Sportsbook about to make it even bigger, offering new customers 30 to 1 odds on either team to win. That means you can get $150 on a 5 Dollar bet number one rated sportsbook app in America, easy to use, safe and secure. You could take Martin's pick, you could take Dave's pick. They both like the charges. When you win, you get paid in as little as two hours. And if you're already a FanDuel sportsbook user, FanDuel is hooking all customers up with fifty dollars when you refer a friend. Plus, your friend gets fifty. Everybody gets fifty dollars. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Sign up with promo code Extra Points before this Thursday night matchup. And you can win 150 bucks on a $5 bet. Remember to use promo code EXTRAPOINTS so that no, we sent you exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook. David Archer, app. Chris Miller, Warren Moon uh, uh, was uh, at what was uh, it Washington? What no. did you just say? I, oh, no, I didn't no, get it right. no, you didn't get it. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. This uh, is making sh- me crazy. I can, I'm just running through all the QBs of the of the age there. That TJ Oregon. Great. He's so good. He's with you, Martin. Lemon pepper pie. If Martin would let him get a word in edgewise on that podcast, I mean, no. <laughs> Eric Hipple? Very, very. Uh... Oh, it, it is Eric Hipple, right? It is Eric Hipple. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is, it yeah. is Eric Hipple. <laughs> yeah, that's as close Woo! as it gets. <laughs> All right, so I'll put All right, that out there. It took me a few guesses, but I got it. All right. Uh, Eric Hipple, who appears in a poster yes. behind Michael Keaton and Mr. Mom. It's in the Wikipedia page right there. There you go. You got minus three, Sheck. It's you and Hench. You're going to do that tomorrow? Yeah, and good times uh, before earlier in the week with Nick Costos, one of of the great gamblers, talking into a microphone on the planet. We break down all things pro football as we head down the home stretch here. Check that one out, too. All right, Megan. Megan Fun of Sports is on. We have Covered in Glory is our soccer podcast against all odds. You got Waiver Wired with Jen Piacenti and uh, Eddie Spaghetti. Lots going on. A reminder to everyone out there, you may feel like underdogs, but please remember, you're all my favorites. See you Friday. (laughs) 